Today is January the 31st. Today we discover how not to help a friend in grief as we read through Job 14 to 17. In reading through the Bible in a year today, I'd like you to read Job 14 to 17. Here in Job 14, Job continues the response to Zophar that he began in chapter 13 as the king of sarcasm. Now in 14, he gets very, very serious. In 14, he says, you know, humans indeed are frail. That entire chapter is devoted to uh, the frailty of humans. In chapter 15, Eliphaz begins the second round of responses. Eliphaz replies to Job, and he says, we have all sinned. And he says God punishes for that sin. But suddenly, Eliphaz turns on Job. In verse 34, he says, the godless are barren, their homes enriched through bribery, will burn. Job 1.16 says, Job's home burned. In verse 21, Eliphaz says, The sound of terror rings in their ears. Even on good days, they fear that the attack of the destroyer, the marauder. Job 1.17 says, Marauders came and stole all of Job's possessions. Chapter 15, verse 29 says, Their riches will not last, their wealth will not endure, their possessions will no longer spread across the horizon. Job 1.17 says Job lost all of his possessions. And then in verse 28, he says, they will, that their cities will be ruined. They will live in abandoned houses that are ready to tumble down. Job 1, 19 says, his house tumbled down before a great wind. Eliphaz attacks Job directly. The things that he mentions are all things that have happened to Job. Eliphaz is saying, this is what will happen to the wicked. Job, this is what is happening to you. As a response, chapter 16 and 17, Job responds to Eliphaz. Chapter 16, verse 17, he says, I've done no wrong. My prayer is pure. And as a result, in 17 verse 3, he actually looks to God and he says, You must defend my innocence, O God. No one else will stand up for me. Job actually turns to God and says, You defend me. You know how I've lived before you. Enjoy reading through Job 14 to 17. Job 14 to 17, New Living Translation. Job 14. 
How frail is humanity? How short is life? How full of trouble? We blossom like a flower and then wither, like a passing shadow. We quickly disappear. Must you keep an eye on such a frail creature and demand an accounting from me? Who can bring purity out of an impure person? No one. You've decided the length of our lives. You know how many months we'll live, and we're not given a minute longer. Leave us alone and let us rest. We're like hired hands, so let us finish our work in peace. Even a tree has more hope. If it is cut down, it'll sprout again and grow new branches. Though its roots have grown old in the earth and its stump decays at the scent of water, it'll bud and sprout again like a new seedling. But when people die, their strength is gone. They breathe their last. Then where are they? As water evaporates from a lake and a river disappears in drought, people are laid to rest and they do not rise again until the heavens are no more. They will not wake up nor be roused from their sleep. I wish you would hide me in the grave and forget me until your anger is past, but mark your calendar to think of me again. Can the dead live again? If so, this would give me hope through all my years of struggle, and I would eagerly await the release of death. You would call and I would answer. You would yearn for me your handiwork. Then you would guard my steps instead of watching for my sins. My sins would be sealed in a pouch and you would cover my guilt. But instead, as mountains fall and crumble and as rocks fall from a cliff, as water wears away the stones and floods wash away the soil, so you destroy people's hope. You always overpower them and they pass from the scene. You disfigure them in death and send them away. They never know if their children grow up in honor or sink to insignificance. They suffer painfully. Their life is full of trouble. Chapter 15. Then Eliphaz the Tamanite replied, a wise man wouldn't answer with such empty talk. You're nothing but a windbag. The wise don't engage in empty chatter. What good are such words? Have you no fear of God, no reverence for him? Your sins are telling your mouth what to say. Your words are based on clever deception. Your own mouth condemns you, not I. Your own lips testify against you. Were you the first person ever born? Were you born before the hills were made? Were you listening at God's secret counsel? Do you have a monopoly on wisdom? What do you know that we don't? What do you understand that we do not? On our side are aged, gray-haired men, much older than your father. Is God's comfort too little for you? Is his gentle word not enough? What has taken away your reason? What has weakened your vision that you turn against God and say all these evil things? Can any mortal be pure? Can anyone born of a woman be just? Look, God doesn't even trust the angels. Even the heavens are not absolutely pure in his sight. How much less pure is a corrupt and sinful person with a thirst for wickedness? If you'll listen, I'll show you. I'll answer you from my own experience. It's confirmed by the reports of wise men who have heard the same thing from their fathers. 
from those to whom the land was given long before any foreigners arrived. The wicked writhe in pain throughout their lives. Years of trouble are stored up for the ruthless. The sound of terror rings in their ears. Even on good days, they fear the attack of the destroyer. They dare not go out into the darkness for fear they will be murdered. They wander around saying, where can I find bread? They know the day of their destruction is near. That dark day terrifies them. They live in distress and anguish like a king preparing for battle. For they shake their fists at God, defying the Almighty, holding their strong shields. They defiantly charge against him. These wicked people are heavy and prosperous. Their wastes bulge with fat, but their cities will be ruined. They'll live in abandoned houses. They're ready to tumble down. Their riches will not last. Their wealth will not endure. Their possessions will no longer spread across the horizon. They will not escape the darkness. The burning sun will wither their shoots. The breath of God will destroy them. Let them no longer fool themselves by trusting in empty riches, for emptiness will be their only reward. They'll be cut down in the prime of life. Their branches will never again be green. They'll be like a vine whose grapes are harvested too early, like an olive tree that loses its blossoms before the fruit can form. For their godless are barren. Their homes enriched through bribery will burn. They conceive trouble and give birth to evil. Their womb produces deceit. Job 16. Then Job spoke again. I've heard all this before. What miserable comforters you are. Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? What makes you keep on talking? I could say the same things if you were in my place. I could spout off criticism, shake my head at you. But if it were me, I would encourage you. I would try to take away your grief. Instead, I suffer if I defend myself. I suffer no less if I refuse to speak. Oh God, you have ground me down and devastated my family. As if to prove I've sinned, you've reduced me to skin and bones. My gaunt flesh testifies against me. God hates me and angrily tears me apart. He snaps his teeth at me and pierces me with his eyes. People jeer and laugh at me. They slap my cheek in contempt. A mob gathers against me. God has handed me over to sinners. He's tossed me into the hands of the wicked. I was living quietly until he shattered me. He took me by the neck and broke me up in pieces. Then he set me up as his target. Now his archers surround me. His arrows pierce me without mercy. The ground is wet with my blood. Again and again he smashes against me, charging at me like a warrior. I wear burlap to show my grief. My pride lies in the dust. My eyes are red with weeping. Dark shadows circle my eyes. Yet I've done no wrong. My prayer is pure. O earth, do not conceal my blood. Let it cry out on my behalf. Even now my witness is in heaven. My advocate is there on high. My friends scorn me, but I pour out my fears to God. I need someone to mediate between God and me. 
as a person mediates between friends. Soon, I must go down that road from which I will never return. Job 17. My spirit is crushed and my life is nearly snuffed out. The grave is ready to receive me. I'm surrounded by mockers. I watch how bitterly they taunt me. You must defend my innocence, O God, since no one else will stand up for me. You have closed their minds to understanding, but do not let them triumph. They betray their friends for their own advantage, so let their children faint with hunger. God has made a mockery of me among the people. They spit in my face. My eyes are swollen without weeping, but I'm but a shadow of my former self. The virtuous are horrified when they see me. The innocent rise up against the ungodly. The righteous keep moving forward. Those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. As for all of you, come back with a better argument, though I still won't find a wise man among you. My days are over. My hopes have disappeared. My heart's desires are broken. These men say that night is day. They claim that darkness is light. What if I go to the grave and make my bread bed in darkness? What if I call the grave my father and the maggot my mother or my sister? Where then is my hope? Can anyone find it? No. My hope will go down with me to the grave. We will rest together in the dust. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, Job looks to his Redeemer.